With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. All Hit Radio. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. For the next four hours, I am your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Simul Radio and Simul TV. If you would like to uh, send me an email, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, xzoneradiotv. And for the programming that we have available for you, 724-365, with our compliments on the Xzone Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Xzone TV channel on Simul TV, www.simultv.com. And in the search engine on the top of the page, type in Xzone. My guest this hour is Matthew Bennett, and he is with DEPART, that is Des Moines Paranormal Activity Research Team. And joining me now is Matthew, and Matthew, welcome to the X-Zone. Well, thank you for having me, Rob. It's it's a pleasure to be here tonight. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about yourself, and where did your interest in the paranormal come from? Oh, it's it's been a lifelong interest. I've been doing this now for getting getting on to be ten years, about nine and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. We started early in early in 2010 here in Des Moines, Iowa, um, is where we're based out of. Yeah. And um, I've always had a I don't know as a kid I've always had a kind of an unnatural fear of death. Everybody's got that fear of death, but you know as it, it, from a young young age, early early memories, you know four and five on, I can I can remember having, you know worried you know, thoughts and dreams about about death that weren't weren't, weren't right for for that age age appropriate you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so it's always kind of that's always been kind of a driving force for me and now that i've gotten into the field it's you know that that question is answered but but so many more have have popped up but it's you know it's it's it's, it's awesome i love i love what we do why do you think you had such a fear of death as a youngster that's you know i've been doing a lot of introspection it, 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 it looking internally here over the last year and i 
answers and that question has actually come up. It's kind of funny that you asked that because, and I, don't, and I still don't know where it stems from. I don't know if it comes from, you know, knowledge of a past life mm-hmm. or if it, you know, if, or I, I don't know exactly where it stems from. I just know it was an unnatural, you know, it was unnatural for me to have those thoughts at such a young age. And, yeah. and, 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 cause I would literally imagine what it would be like to be six feet under. I mean, it was, it was, and the nothingness that, you know, that, 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 you know, what, what was after this life? What was after this run? You know, philosophical thoughts that a six year old shouldn't be having. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, to say the least. And, uh, the work that you've done in the paranormal over these years, how has that changed your belief? Oh, that's a that's a great question. And again, kind of funny that you asked that because that was one of the things I, w- I wanted to kind of touch on tonight because, you know, a lot of people would think that, you know, you get into the paranormal, mm-hmm. it's just because you're going to go in and, you know, go out and do some investigating or, you know, quote unquote, air quotes, ghost hunting. Yeah. And it's, and it's really, you know, I got into this to do, you know, private cases for individuals that were having, you know, problems in their homes to make sure that they had safe spaces and to coexist or Mm -hmm. to try to get, you know, issues resolved for them. But it's become so much more than that. It's, I'm finding that I'm doing a lot more work in between those cases on just a normal day basis, you know, with, with the colleagues that I've met and the networking that I've done and, and the people that I've met. It's, it's been, it, it seems like the work goes on between the cases as opposed to look, don't get me wrong the cases are you know a part of it sure but it's only just it's just just a fraction of it now tell us a little bit about uh, Des Moines paranormal activity research team how member how many members are you in the team and how long have you been together well we have we have both full-time and part-time members and we have we have about oh, I don't know we, we had we had at one point we had 21 members in like mm-hmm. five different cities in, in Iowa We've kind of done a little bit of restructuring over over the over the course of the last year, so I would say our core members are about 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 five of us, the the, the that are the, the full timers. Right. And then we have and then we have I don't know say probably about another half a dozen half a dozen to to ten other people that that come in and help us part time and you know and it's not just the team too it's it's working with other people you know we we work with so many other teams around the state. You know, doing doing things, whether it be, you know, helping out with a, with a fundraiser mm-hmm. or helping out with a with a with a location or coming in on a private investigation. You know, to, to to give a different perspective. You know, there's so many aspects to it. Something that the public uh, may not be aware of, but you do not charge for your investigations. Therefore, every every expense that you have comes out of your pockets, and these fundraisers are are really important in keeping your work going. They are, um, and and not just not just us as a group, but mm-hmm. the locations too. You know, the locations, the, some of these locations, it's not, are you know, a hundred hundred fifty plus years old. They're not, they're not, they're not cheap and easy to to, to keep up and maintain. So you know, the 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 the, the, the price of, of admission to get in to investigate the place goes towards that, and also the fundraising too, because you know, especially the newer locations that are popping up, you know. Um, they're just getting started, and so they've they've still got the task of, you know, rebuilding, restoring, restructuring, and then trying to get everything off the ground. Mm-hmm. Or some some of them are actually even doing both in the, at the same time, which is which is amazing. But on the other hand, you guys are creating a, a tourism industry for these places. So why should you have to pay admission charges? It's because it's just the way it works right now. Unfortunately, the way things are set up. I, it's not perfect. I would. I'll agree with you, 
but the way the mainstream and it's changing it really is it, the paranormal right now ufology crypt, cryptids spiritual research all of that stuff has be, has become a lot more mainstream now than it ever has i mean i mean just look at some of the the the, the musicians out there you know and, and their album, you know, they're 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 following the trend. Yeah, I, I can understand. I can understand that. But when I look at it, I say, "Huh, what they're doing is they're just jumping on the bandwagon because they get all this free publicity." Well, now, see, as a person, this is something else that some of the work we've done. I was I was I was blessed and honored enough to run actually help run a location. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to actually purchase it from the town, but things didn't quite work out. But you know, being on the end, I so I know what it's like to help you know try to get a location like that up and running. We we were there for a year, and I spent literally hundreds of hours in that building in my right. team. You know, and and but the but it was a deal because the community didn't want it. They didn't. Some of them didn't like the paranormal. Don't view that way. They yeah. they got you know, they've got their their beliefs, and 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 that doesn't necessarily include you know the paranormal, and that's fine. But right. what I what makes my heart sad is that. If you don't look at it in a religious view, but if you look at it as a living history view, being able to actually interact with the people and and and, and the history that's that's on this land that we live on. Okay, that's, how that's how can that, now you you said right. interact with the people? How do you interact with people? What people are you interacting through, with? You know, when we get when we get you know communication with you know. Like for example, clients. You know, when we're doing when we're doing client work. Yeah. You know, we'll 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 get we'll get information that's specific to the client. You know, or stuff that comes through that 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 that'll that the client will the, her, their eyes will light up and and that if that that like a, like a nickname or something. You know, only something that the client would know that that that's directly coming from whom whom we're trying to make you know communication with. Why do you call, stuff like that? Why do you call them clients? It makes it sound so cold, so business-like. It does. I. It's just kind of a habit I've I've, I've fallen into. It. There. We, we we love every one of us, and we we also do a lot of aftercare too. We 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 continually check in with with the people that we help. You know to make sure that 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 you know they're working more positive steps in their life because it's not just going in doing the investigation. Sometimes we don't even do investigations. You know, we've had people contact us and, you know, it's just a matter of answering a, a few questions for them or, you know, interpreting some activity that they're, you know, that they're, that they're in, in experiencing within yeah. their home, you know, things of that nature. <laughs> you're right. Client is a very cold word and I shouldn't use it, but it's just, you're you not, know, the, you're not the it, only one that uses it. And I, and I question everyone who, who uses it because like I said, it, it sounds very cold, very callous, very impersonal, and yet the service that you talk about, in my opinion, is very warm and very personable. And we try, and we try to make yeah. it that way. And I never did. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out, Rob. I, I never did. You know, I've, I've never really, I've never really viewed it that way. I've always looked at it from more of a professional yeah. aspect. But you're right; it does, it does make it seem more cold. Thank you for. Thank you for pointing that out. All right, stand by, please. We've got to take a break. We'll be back in about, ooh, two minutes from now. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Our guest this hour is Matthew Bennett, and he is with Des Moines Paranormal Activity Research Team, and their Facebook page is facebook.com, and this is the entire thing, my friends, Des Moines Moines Paranormal Activity Research Team, and you have to type out the whole thing. 
We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. That is in the regional municipality of Niagara. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And once again, if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, go to their page at simultv.com and just type in on the search engine Exxon. Speaking about Simul TV, I'd like to welcome HD55 TV in Los Angeles, California, joining us as a new broadcast affiliate. And in India, the Times India Group, apparently last week we, were, we had the potential of going into 10 million homes. This week it's 20 million homes. So there you go. The Exxon is growing thanks to you, the members of the Exxon Nation. Matthew Bennett is our guest, and he is with Des Moines Paranormal Activity Research Team. Now, Matthew, how many how many investigations do you guys do a year? It really varies, Rob. Um, like this year, for example, mm-hmm. it's been kind of crazy. Our what we what we what normally is the so the season normally starts around the end of September. Yeah, the busy season, what we call the busy season, and then that runs usually through the winter. And then normally kind of drops off at spring, summer when people are getting out of their homes. So this year, our, our off season, or the summer, was really busy. And then our busy season has been kind of actually slow this year. But I would say on average, we probably do anywhere between you know 10, 10 to 20, 50. Sometimes it just varies from year to year. We, we had one year where we, where, right. we, where we actually did 30 in one year. You know, and, and then as few as, you know, five. You know, it just, it just really varies. So you guys are really busy. We have been. We have. We've had our years. You know. The. You know. Here lately, it's been picking up a little bit more. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's. It, it really does vary from from time to time, and how and how the condition of things are are running as a whole. In your opinion, what has been your most fascinating investigation that you have done with your team? Oh, let's see. Um, there are so many. Um, well, for example, when we were out doing the schoolhouse, um, mm-hmm. this is a pretty cool example. There's, there's so in, in the town that we were investigating, it's a little town in southwest Iowa. Um, there's two locations, one about a block away from another. One, one is an old hotel, and the other one is a school. And we were there the previous, uh, the night before, on a Friday, to get the, the building ready for the team that was down investigating the site down the down the block. 
mm-hmm. couple blocks. And we're really good friends with them. We've, we've done a lot of stuff with them. And so I had the idea. We were getting ready to put our stuff up for the night, and then our walkie-talkie started going off kind of weird. They were they were making one squawk for yes and no squawks for two. And, and we checked the batteries, and we tried to debunk and make sure that everything was working on everything. And then it would, then it would start responding directly to our questions. So I asked the question if I should go down and talk to, to Nick and Sue, and it answered yes. So I went down and did. And we went ahead and decided that, uh, well, first I checked on them to see how they were doing. And then I, we went ahead and decided, you know, we would come up with this word zucchini. It was a three-syllable word, very distinctive. It came through this, the, the, the communication apps we were using. Then, you know, a three-syllable word is kind of hard to come through. So I go back up to make this long story short. I go back up to the school. Within a couple minutes, I turn on our communication device. I get the word come through very deliberately, zucchini. I call her up. I lose connection with the call while I'm trying to tell her about the communication. So I go down there, and in the time it takes me to go down there, they get the word zucchini come across their spirit device. Then, so we're thinking this is cool, so we've got to go ahead and continue this. So I asked them to go ahead and see if they would pick out one of the three of the people that were there at the school to come up and touch. And sure enough, the next morning I came down, and Paul got touched an hour and a half after we had set that all up or you know arranged not arranged but you know mm-hmm. came up with the plan and next morning sure enough they, he, he, he got we, we went down and told him was it paul that you chose and they're like yeah and then soon after the time because we noted the time but five minutes after that he came down across the ovulus and said felt him so inter- interaction between the locations that's probably one of the coolest coolest investigations we've done it wasn't really even an investigation. We were just there getting the school ready for the next for the next day for the investigation that weekend, and we were just kind of messing around that night after we got our work done. So you know, it, stuff like that happens at any time, really. Now you said that you you mentioned a device that you were using. What was that device, and how does it work? It's uh, a device. It's an, most people are really skeptical of them, but there some of we, we we make sure that the apps that we use for communication they're ITC inter 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 transdimensional. I can never get this right. The, I, the ITC apps. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the, the apps, the, the two of them that we use, Necrophonics and uh, Spiritus. And they're phonetic, they're phonetic, phonetical based, and they, they open up a direct line of communication for, for, for talking with the, with the entities. Okay. I, I'm not sure of the science. I don't, I, I don't know the actual technical side of things okay. as far as that goes. But I do know some very, te- some very trusted colleagues in the field um, that have used it and kind of put it through the the, the old rigmarole. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you know, they he's got three degrees, and in in, in sciences and whatnot. And so he's he's pretty much torn it apart and had people look at it. And it, when when you get something that comes across and you know spitting out three syllable words and and relevant information to what you know the questions that you're asking and and whatnot, you got to you got to wonder you know if if it's actually communication that you're having, you know, you've got to always have that kind of speck of doubt, but at the same time, you also can't be afraid to make that leap. And, and when you're getting that relevant information and you're getting those, those tidbits of, of information. So, so in your opinion, what is a ghost or a spirit or entity, whatever you guys call them? What is it made up of? No, no. What are they? I have, what are they? Yeah. Well, that that ranges. Um, you have what I firm now. These are just strictly based on my my, my opinion, mm-hmm. beliefs, and, and and experiences. 
but I firmly believe there are anything, everything from interdimensional beings, from uh, human entities that have, you know, that have come and come and gone and come back and visit us through the through the dimensional planes. Um, you know, there there are spirit guides. There are, you know, shadow figures. There, there's 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 a lot of different entity types, spirits, whatever whatever you'd like to call them. Okay, so you've got all these entities, you have all these these paranormal teams like yourself and, and others uh, throughout the country. I think in the state of California alone, there's 3,000 paranormal groups. Uh, right. You get all these people who go out each and every night spending money out of their pockets. What is the ultimate goal? That, that's a great question. And, oh, man. <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> I'm, jo I'm joking. Um the ultimate goal, it, and that's a, that's a different question. That's a, you're going to get a different answer every every person you ask that. You know, for me personally, it's it it started out one thing when I started when I first started, mm -hmm. and now it's kind of morphed and changed into something else. It's the more I do the work that I do in this field, the more I find out that it's not just you know going out and spending money on locations and going out and investigating. It's you know, it's making those human connections with people, people not necessarily even involved in the paranormal. You know, uh, it, it's, it's just finding that balance. We have, we, we have, we have to maintain a balance of both human and spiritual side, you know, when we're, when we're, when, our, when we're, it's a dual existence that we, that we live, you know, I'm getting ready to jump, jump off the deep end here and get, and get into some deep stuff, but you know, or I could anyway, I, I, I it's, that's what this is to me. It's not just going out and, you know, hunting ghosts and trying to get capture evidence and whatnot. Yes, that's a small fraction of it, but mm -hmm. but there's a, it's it's a, just a small part of a of a bigger puzzle. Listen, a let bigger, me ask let me ask operation. you. You guys call it ghost hunting. When you go and you hunt something, you kill it. You're hunting something that's already dead. I personally, I personally don't like the term ghost hunting. I've used it several times during the mm -hmm. podcast to, you know, because that's what that's the term that people use. My personal opinion, I don't care for it. I prefer paranormal investigators or spiritual researchers. Mm -hmm. Personally, those are, you know, ghost hunting to me is, is, is somebody that does it as a hobby. And that's fine. You know, I'm not going to, I don't knock, I don't knock people for their reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody has their reasons why they, why they get into this. Sure. You know, and as long as they're following their heart and being true to themselves and not hurting anybody and, and doing wrong, then more power to them. Okay, I, so I, I, once again, why do you guys do what you do? For example, uh, are you, if somebody was to find out proof, which nobody has yet, does that mean the paranormal investigations come to an end? No, and I was just talking to a gal today, um, doing some work on this new project that I've been been recently involved in. Um, her name is his, her name is Katie, mm -hmm. and she uh, does a lot of work on the cryptozoology side of things. Yeah, she does a lot of work in uh, Lake Cha uh, Champlain, Camp Plain, looking for what what some people would call Loch Ness monster or Loch Ness monster. Yeah, champ. Creatures. Yeah, champ. Yeah, champs. Yeah. She's actually gotten a lot of good documented work done towards champs, and she thinks that it actually might not be so much a paranormal side of things, but a, a, just an undiscovered creature that we don't know about. Yeah, yet. you know, champ and has been got, champ has been identified by many people who are experts as a giant-sized sturgeon. Right, you know? right. Okay, so, so let's move on. So, let's move on. We know what that is. 
okay. Right, but you still have to. It, it's it's still an undiscovered. It's still an undiscovered creature. Type. All right, listen, we we've still, got we've got to take our break. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Exxon Nation, don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. By the way, the X Chronicles newspaper for February, March 2020 is now available with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. And uh, let me see one of the major stories. In fact, the front cover story of this edition is the debunking of the F.A. Mitchell's crystal uh, crystal skull. Yeah, you know, he's a complete fraud, a fake. He, uh, he and his daughter sucked in many people over the years, but guess what? We exposed them. We've got the proof, and it's all there. www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com Matthew Bennett is our guest. He is with Des Moines Paranormal Activity Research Team. They're their uh, Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Des Moines Paranormal Activity Research Team. Now, before we went away, we were just talking about Champ and Lake Champlain. And, you know, people have said, including experts, that, hey, it's a giant-sized sturgeon. It gets seen once in a while. Okay. So as far as the experts are concerned, that case is solved. When it comes to Loch Ness... There have been many expeditions to try and find out what is actually in the lock, and nothing has been found. There was a theory that it was a plesiosaur. Well, the deep sonar and deep radar uh, soundings of the locks found nothing. I, I understand the intrigue and the mystery behind the paranormal. However, after all these years, there doesn't seem to be any change in very much. How do you think this plays out on the public? I think that this, it, you know, and I have to, I have to say, the the more answers that we get, it seems like for every answer we have and that we we actually are able to put our finger on, mm-hmm. there seems to be five more questions that pop up. You know, it's 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 almost that I think that's why it's so elusive. And that's why we haven't been able to prove much to the public at this point, because it, it we're we're looking for answers that, that are elusive. We're looking for answers and things that I've learned over the last almost 10 years that you have to wait for for, for the answers to come to you. That's and that's and I think that needs to be a new outlook and a new view on a lot of you know these paranormal mm. teams and people that are doing work and in all 
branches of the paranormal, whether it be cryptids, whether it be, you know, ufology or, or spiritual research, we need, we, we seek that which re, 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 retreats from us. So if we just kind of do what we're supposed to do and let those answers come to us as they need to and, and as they should, maybe, maybe the outlook on things maybe might change a little bit. Why do you think the scientific community hasn't gotten involved in all of this? Because it's such a hard, it's, it's such, it's so hard to, it's, it's so hard to get the controlled environments to, to repeat, you know, the same results. And I, and I understand why the scientific community hasn't gotten involved with it. It, it, because it's so hard to prove on a scientific level, but, you know, there are people that are, that are really working hard in the trenches to, you know, to try to get that changed, you know, to try to get, you know, to try to get just even just a little bit of it to, you know, mm -hmm. be able to be held up by, by credi credible scientific standards. But how can you, researchers, expect to get this done when you don't have the talent, you don't have the expertise, you don't have the education that the scientific community does? And if the scientific community isn't very interested in it, what does that tell you? Well, maybe that, maybe that just tells us that we're, that, that we're that we're trying to bring a new new perspective. It doesn't necessarily, you know, just because we didn't go to college, or mm -hmm. some of us didn't go to college. There's a lot of us who did. I didn't personally. I, I attended some college, but yeah. I'm not as as well educated as I could be. Sure. But you know, I, I have lived this crazy game we call life, and in my opinion, that's one of the best colleges that you could ever go to. Yes, it, yes, it is. Yes, it is. However, however, the the game of life does not teach you the intricacies that go along with the cause and effect of a lot of things where the science, where, where, you know, whether you're a science, whether you're a chemist, whether you're a biologist, whether you're a botanist, whether you're an astronomer, whatever your chosen field is, you are trained to find all the little nuances and to kind of solve them. You were talking before about this uh, obelisk that, that, that you guys use. And, and during the break, I was wondering, well, wait a sec, how can somebody develop a tool or an app when they don't understand what they're targeting that app or that tool for. If you don't know what a ghost or uh, any other paranormal phenomena is, how it works, how can you create something to communicate with it? You know, I, I asked, I asked uh, Dr. Seth Shostak the same thing. You've got these, you've got these arrays of, radio telescopes, scanning the skies. A and yet, we're looking for something based on what we believe. In this case, carbon-based carbon, carbon -based life. I'm talking about SETI now. What happens if the, the extraterrestrials are not carbon-based? What happens with all this communication you're trying to, trying to listen to they may be sending something out, but because you don't understand more about the, the ET, even if he is out there, you'll never hear a signal. So taking that same hypothesis into other realms of the paranormal, how do you guys do it? A lot of trial and error. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of teachable moments mm -hmm. is what I like to call them. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily look at failure as failure. I look at it as teachable moments. You know, if you're if you're able to find that one 
takeaway that you need from from a failure that it's not a failure anymore. It's it's you've got you've got just another small piece of that very very large puzzle mm-hmm. that we're all trying to you know put together and kind of figure out. Okay. I think there needs to be more collaborative work. I think there needs to be a lot more collaborative work between between the science. I think there needs to be a little bit more open mindedness on the on the scientific side of things. And I think and I think there needs to be a little bit more scientific approach along with the metaphysical because you can't have one without the other. The metaphysical is tied into everything we do, at least in my beliefs, in, in my in my opinion. But you see, this is uh, this you is you, a, have, you have to meet in the middle. You have to meet in that middle point. You have to you have to get more towards the scientific side. The scientific side has to come more towards the metaphysical side, and we can and we can find that. Hopefully, we can find that common ground. All right. Let's say twenty years down the road, there's still nothing. There's still no proof of extraterrestrials from outer space. There is no proof that Bigfoot really does exist. There is no proof that Loch Ness monster is real. There is no proof of life. Uh, of communication after death, what happens? Then we need to then then need different avenues and 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 different modes of thinking need to be employed. You know, insanity is is, is doing the same behavior and same mm-hmm. same things, expecting different results. That it that is you true. Know, you, have, you have to keep you have to keep trying new things. When something doesn't work, mm-hmm. like I said, you take that teachable woman out of that out of out of that moment yeah. and apply it to the next scenario, next next theory, or you know whatever you might have, whatever you want to pursue. And if af- to, and if after all this time, there's nothing found, there's no proof. Do you just keep on searching? Do you just keep on looking? Do you keep on flogging a dead horse? I guess at that point you have to ask yourself, you know, you you, you, have, mm-hmm. you would have to ponder the, the question of, you know, when does it become futile? Right. But, you know, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> well, it's part of this discussion. You know, I, well, it is, but, you know, it, it, I personally, you know, like I said, with my views and mm-hmm. how I view on failure, you know, personally, is, is, is my mindset, I don't think I could ever give up. And if, if I think, the society had that mindset as a whole. I don't know. Do you, do you think we should? What, what? When do you think? You know, when do you think we should call it and, and throw it and throw the towel on it? You know, well, when? When? How do you come to that? How do you come to that census? When do you know? Where do you draw that line? How do, how do you even determine how and when to draw that line? Once every and any aspect and avenue has been followed and to the very end, and nothing changes. But, like you know, like you said, expecting the same results. You know, doing the same thing and expecting different results. That's that's but, futile. But that's that, insanity. But then that begs the question, when do you know that you've exhausted every possible avenue that you possibly can? Well, let's put it this way. 3,000, just let, let's say 10,000 groups go out every night looking for proof with all the gadgetry and all the equipment and Still, after I've been doing the show for 30 years, nothing has changed in 30 years. Except more people are kind of getting into a world from where reality seems to sit to where fantasy has opened a door. A lot of it gives the, it gives the it gives people the possibility 
that there is something there gives the possibility. But once again, all these years, no change. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. And welcome back, everyone. Matthew Bennett is our guest. Facebook.com forward slash Des Moines Paranormal Activity Research Team. Um, before you, before we went to the break, when do, when do you call it quits? Well, I agree with you that every aspect and every avenue has to be followed. I agree with you 100%. But when you're going down an avenue, you usually know what you're looking for. And there seems to be so many different descriptions uh, of what people who are involved in trying to prove the existence of spirits, paranormal activity, and so on, they differ right across the board. It seems that not two paranormal groups have the same opinions on anything. And I think that this is one of the biggest problems that the public has. How do, how do you, as a member of a paranormal organization, how, how do you... For, I'll give you a better example. When I was in the police force, we shared information. In the United States, it's called NCIC, I believe, National Crime Intelligence Center or Information Center. Up here in Canada, it's CPIC, Canadian Police Information Center. And all the information from all the different police departments is put into the computer so that when you're looking for something or working in an investigation, you have access to all this information. The Canadian computers talk to the American computers and all the other, all the other uh, members of Interpol. And yet, within the paranormal community, everybody is so tight-fisted with the information that they're afraid that the information that they share may give somebody the, the smoking gun. And that's where we need to change, and that's where we need to change our mindset. We need to start working more as a bigger unit, cogs in a bigger unit, mm-hmm. a, a bigger machine. And I think if we can, I think that's the big reason that there hasn't been a lot of change in, the, in this field is that you're right. There's a lot of bickering. There's a lot of, 
we don't experience a lot of that here in Iowa. A lot of the Iowa teams here, you know, we're kind of, I guess we're going to closed off from that because a lot of the Iowa teams here, we work together, mm-hmm. we collaborate, we share information, you know, we're not afraid to call one another, you know, if, well, that's if, if great. something is happening that we're not sure of, yeah. we're, we're not afraid to ask for help. We're not afraid to reach out to those people that might have those answers that mm-hmm. we you know, that we need. I, I think that's commendable. I really do. But how do you get the other organizations to follow suit? Just keep plugging along, trying to do the right thing. And, and you know, as, as time goes on, the, the people that, that can't get behind that kind of thing usually fall off. And then it's just kind of becomes a, it just becomes becomes a, a, ro- a rotating door. You know, it, I think there's going to be a lot of things that are becoming up with, with the disclosure side of things. I've been talking, I've been talking to, to Michael Hall here really close here lately. Mm-hmm. And he's been working on a lot of cool things with the, uh, not cool, but interesting things with the, uh, the Admiral Wilson memo of 2008 or 19, which was just last year. Um, Tell our listeners about that. Tell our listeners about that. uh, Okay. So um, it came, came through the pipe works to make a long story short, because I know we're we're in the last segment. Uh, Grant Cameron came across some memos and came to Michael Hall Mm -hmm. um, to set up an information trust. Should, should anything happen to him while he was in possession of these set documents, which, among other things, was the confirmation of MJ-12, um, reverse engineering, and uh, some the, the fact that Roswell actually confirming Roswell. Okay. And, uh, so now, well, go ahead. I, I said okay, but that you know the the those papers have been dispelled by major players within the UFO field as another gimmick, another come on, another spread of misinformation and disinformation. What? A- what about the what about the videos that were leaked from the USS Nimitz encounter? Okay, if they were so valid, all right. Why were why didn't the information come out before Tom DeLonge and his gang of whoopies and yahoos got involved? For one thing, hyperspace drive on aircraft and experimental aircraft were done ten years ago within the area of the sighting, like. People just don't read. They take all the crap that they read on the internet, and it's got to be true because it's on the internet. Do research, real research, and you'll find out that there is nothing unusual except the fact that the information was leaked. And that, you know, like when somebody leaks information because they think that, oh, you know, I'm going to be a whistleblower, I'm this great, cool person, I think they're idiots. They should be put in prison with the kilo thrown away. There are things within national security the public does not need to know. Because if the public knows, the bad guys knows, our enemies know. We're tilting our hand. And I think that when you talk about the, like the idiots at Area 51 who tried to storm it, like, where are their brains? And when it comes to the Roswell crash, we know for a fact they were mogul balloons, for God's sake. And Grant, Canyon, Grant, uh, Grant Cameron likes to pull his own horn. Like the guy's an author. He wants to make money. I think that we need to have full disclosure in the government. I don't necessarily agree with that last statement that you made about the, the, the public doesn't need to know about something. Well, they don't I, need I to know. Think that they are, don't need to know. I, I think our government does need to do, do be more. Be no, more, sir, they don't. Just, no, just, they just, don't. Just, then then you've, never served in the, you've never served in the military. 
And you've no, never. No, I haven't. But I, I do have. I do have close family members that have. Oh, so you, you know, want the I Russians? To... You want the Russians and the Chinese to know where where everything is, right? That's the see. There, there's there's that's the that's the problem with the mindset of the world is that that, that there's that there shouldn't. I, I. What's the matter? Come on, speak. Nothing. Talk. It. it there should be no animosity in the... It, oh, yeah, we'll all hold yeah. hands, sing Kumbaya, and it's going to be a better world. Well, you know what? It ain't going to happen, pal. It, with mindsets like that, it ain't going to happen, sir. Well, this... Look. Look at the world in a real life, not the life I of the do, Internet. And, 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 it's a, and it's a scary time we live in, sir. If you're not, not part of the solution, people. you're I, part I, of the I, problem. I, so if you're telling, if you're telling the... The adversaries that we have, where our where our main forces are, what type of weaponry we have, what if, you're what putting if you're, you you sir, what if, what, you're putting what the country at risk. Our, our, our adversaries, the, the, the common enemy is is not going to be anybody here on earth. We would all unite to face a greater common enemy. Oh, what for God's sake! Come made? on. So you're, you're so you're saying that. You're saying that we're going to get invaded by little green men and flying saucers? Saying, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you have to explore all possibilities. You can't have. You can't. You can't be so close-minded when it comes. It's to not being like close-minded. What that is being is very cautious, because you stay closer to your friends but closer to your enemies. Cautiously optimistic, yes, sir. I get that. I get that. Okay. Fact. All right. So I, for one, don't want the enemies to know what we have because I, for one, appreciate. Every member of the armed services, wherever they are so today, do, do wait a sec, doing whatever they do, because you've got men and women around the world who are willing to give their life at a moment's notice for your freedom, my freedom, our security, and our way of life. And I don't think any person has the right to share information that compromises them, my freedom, and my security at all no one has that right and uh, what, what i think what if it go on what if it what if it should more like a world disclosure situa situation it's <sighs> i i firmly i firmly believe that that, that it, it is an ignorant proposition to think that we are alone in the universe that we are the only sentient beings in mm -hmm. this in this in this galaxy in this 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 infinite universe we live in that's your I opinion. It, I think it's conceded. That's your opinion. That's I mean, your, if you believe in a higher power and a, and a creative force, we can't be the only intelligent things that was put in this, this massive, that, massive that, universe we live in. That is your opinion, but I'll tell you something. It's not mine, and it's not the majority of people's opinion. Well, maybe that's what needs to change about society, sir. I disagree with you, and you know what? You're entitled to your opinion. You really are. Thank you. But don't you. you dare... Put my freedom and the freedom of my country, my fellow Canadians, my best friend not, Americans at risk. I'm not trying to do that, sir. I'm thinking. I, I'm simply saying that if there is something out there that could possibly be uh -huh. a greater threat, then we need to at least acknowledge that avenue. That's all I'm saying. And maybe come together as a world when needed, if needed. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm not trying to put anybody's security at risk, sir. Please don't misunderstand me. All right, we've because got to say so long every, for tonight, every... and uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as the X-Zone continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. What do I think of that one? Well, Freddie Mercury said it best. He really did. 
And as you know, I usually have a shotgun blast at this time, but uh, Craig didn't think we were going to need it tonight, and I told him maybe we would. Uh, listen to this, pals. Yep, another one bites the dust. Mm. That's why they talk about ghosts, because reality sucks. But it's a fact of life. We'll be back, don't go away. Thank you. 